Well, good morning and praise the Lord uh, to everybody this Sunday morning, uh, last Sunday in June, getting ready to hit July, but summer is already here. Um, praise God for that. Um, but at the same time, uh, we're praying uh, for continued safety and health because things are still kind of going out of control, right, with this virus. And so depending upon where you are, you could be in a place where things are pretty steady. Uh, thank God, one of those places is here uh, in New Jersey. Um, New York is pretty steady in some other places. But there are a majority of places that it's going up, right? Um, the number of new cases continue to um, get higher and higher. So um, God gives us wisdom. So use wisdom. Uh, I know it's warm. I know you want to get out there and do things. I know you miss your friends and all those types of things, but continue to use the wisdom that God gives you um, because, as we've seen, things are continuing to um, spiral out of control in some places. And so we want to make sure that we stay safe. And so we're praying for your safety. Pray for ours, amen, because no one is immune. Um, and so we want to continue to stay safe. Amen to that. Um, on today, amen, we're going to um, go back to a chapter that we were in, I don't even know, maybe three weeks ago, Judges chapter 6, and we're going to take a look at um, Gideon. We had looked at Gideon uh, back then, but we're going to go to Judges chapter 6 today um, and read a couple of verses there, as God has has stirred up something in my spirit that, or I shouldn't even say stirred up, deposited something that um, we especially need to hear right now. Amen. How many of you know, though, the Word of God we need to hear all the time. Amen. And that's why we need to constantly get this Word into our hearing. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so, um, God's Word is always good, but um, there are times where I believe He speaks in particular to situations that are going on. And there are times when the word has a bit more urgency to it. And I believe today is one of those times. So we're in Judges chapter 6. I'm going to read from verse 25 um, down to verse 30. Let's read that. It says, And it came to pass the same night that the Lord said unto him, unto Gideon, Take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that thy father has, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou hast shall cut down. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord had said unto him. And so it was, because he feared his father's household and the men of the city, that he could not do it by day, that he did it by night. And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. And they said one to another, 
who has done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joash, has done this thing. Then the men of the city said unto Joash, Bring out thy son, that he may die, because he has cast down the altar of Baal, and because he has cut down the grove that was by it. Amen. Let's pray today. Father, we bless your name and we yes, thank Father. you, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for the word that was read into our hearing right now. Father, your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Yes, We're Father. praying now, God, that your word will go to the, to the root of the matter in our hearts and speak to us deeply, O oh God. Father God, open our eyes, cause us to see. We thank you for ears that can hear. Yes. And Father God, prepare our hearts even now that we might receive. Father God, we're praying for a blessing of God, a blessing of your word, of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We claim it now by faith, and we praise you for it. In Jesus' In name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Um, our title today is called A Rude Awakening. A Rude Awakening. And, you know, right now there is a lot of talk, um, not only here in the United States, but around the world, a lot of talk about change, about reform. People are talking about the need to change things in our society, in our corporations, in, our, um, in business. They're talking about police reform and prison reform, right? There's a lot of talk right now about change. And... It started with the pandemic, and it has continued with the civil uprisings, with people talking about making both personal changes and changes in our greater society. Um, change. Change is in the air. Change is definitely coming. And in fact, I would say that change is already here, that the spirit of change, courtesy of God, is already here. Uh, and we're wise to recognize that spirit of change and respond to it accordingly. Um, in the scripture text, we know about Judges chapter 6 and Gideon, um, that God called Gideon to be one of Israel's judges. And, and, and by doing so, God had called Gideon to be an agent of change. Um, to change the people because the people would go through these cycles of listening to God and doing well and then they would stop listening to God and get conquered by their enemies. Then they would cry out to God, God would hear them, he'd send a judge, they'd listen to God, they'd do well and then they stop listening to God and then they get conquered by their enemies and then they cry to God and on and on and on it went. And so at this time the people of God were in one of those low points and they were crying unto God. The Midianites and others were oppressing them. And God called Gideon to be an agent of change, to be the one who would change the circumstances of the people of God, be used by God to change the circumstances of the people of God and bring them to a level of success and, and, and prosperity. He was to be a deliverer of God's people. Um, but before Gideon could be put into the service of God as a deliverer, God had an assignment for him. And, and we see the assignment here. The assignment that God had for Gideon was to destroy the idols that the people 
had been worshiping. Uh, the assignment was to pull down the altar to Baal and the groves that were by it, or the Asherah pole, or the the poles and, and other things that were dedicated to the god Ashtoreth. He was supposed to pull that down. And, and this is before he could do anything. Now, at this point, God had already spoken to Gideon. And he told him, he called him a mighty man of battle. And he told him that he was going to deliver God's people. So Gideon already had that in his head. God had told him. And when we get to verse 25, it says, And it came to pass the same night. Well, what night? The night that God had told him. When God had told him something during the day. And then he said, Gideon, you're going to do these things. And then that same night, God came to him and said, I got an assignment for you, Gideon. You have to tear down the altar to Baal and the Asherah pole. These idols, these false gods, these images that people, my people, are worshiping. I want you to tear it down. And God said this to Gideon after he gave him the prophecy of you're going to deliver the people. So why was he doing this? This was a test to Gideon. It was a test to Gideon of both his faith and his commitment to God. Right? God wanted to know, I have something for you to do, Gideon. Glory to God. But before you can do it, you have to pass a test that I'm administering, said God. And my test to you, Gideon, is to pull down these idols. Pull down these false gods that exist in your midst. It's a test of Gideon's faith and his commitment. And God wants us to know today that such tests are being handed out all across the body of Christ right now. God is handing out faith and commitment tests to every child of his all across the body of Christ. And don't look at me like that because if you don't have one, it's coming. See, and maybe the angel been held up a little bit, but just like the angel in Daniel, amen, he's going to get through. And when he gets through, he's going to hand you a test. And, and, and here's the thing about the test. There's no need for you to look over to your left or to your right. No need to look up front or look behind. Because your neighbor's test and your test are not the same. Each one of us is getting our own test. So we can't, there's no use peeking and trying to see if you can get an answer or two from somebody else's test. Because everybody's test is different. But please know, tests are being handed out all across the body of Christ. What kind of tests? Tests of our faith and our commitment. Because yes, there's a spirit of change that's taking place. But see, God needs agents of change that he can trust. And those that he can trust are going to have to pass the test of that faith and commitment to him. And so understand, tests are being handed out right about now. And what was Gideon's test? Gideon's test was to tear down, it says here, let's look at it in, um, in verse 25. It says, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down, that means tear down, 
the altar of Baal that thy father has, and cut down the grove that is by it. So Gideon's test was to throw down, cut down, pull down the altars to these false gods. And he was to take, right, he was to take a young bullock, and then it says, and even the second bullock, and see, of, of seven years old. And what that really means, I believe here, is that there really was two bullocks. Because if you get um, later on down here, it tells us that in verse 28, that the second bullock was offered upon the altar. Mm. The second one. Well, if there was a second one, it had to be a first one. And so I, it, I believe the way we should look at verse 25 was he was to take one of his father's bullocks and a second bullock that was seven years old. The first bullock was to pull down the altar. The second bullock was to be sacrificed upon the altar. And here's the thing. It wasn't just any old altar. I mean, it was in a sense because it was just an altar to Baal, right? But it was his father's altar. His father had built this altar. And Gideon had an assignment to pull that down. And I believe this, that in our midst are altars that people, even people close to us, have erected. Some of us have erected them. Other people close to us have erected them. And part of our test is going to be, and our assignment, is to pull those things down. Pull them down, tear them down, cut them down. Because they can't exist with God. And for too long, we've been trying to co-mingle God and these other things. You know what's interesting about these about Baal? Let's talk about this about Baal and Ash Asherah for a minute. Because Baal was the most common god in, uh, among the Canaanites. He was a god that was represented, ironically enough, by a bull. It's almost as if God, by telling Gideon to take a bull to to pull down the bull, was saying that this bull has no power. Amen. That a bull that's used by God and anything that's used by God is greater than anything else that someone wants to erect. So he was represented by a bull and he was supposed to, that bull was supposed to represent strength and fertility. And, and, and Baal was also a god of the rains and the harvests. That's what he's supposed to be. And associated with Baal was all kinds of prostitution. Why are we going through this? Because you got to understand, this is what God's people were worshiping. God's people. They were worshiping this false god whose image was an animal that was supposed to be strong and mighty, that was supposed to bring rain and harvests, and that was associated with prostitution. God's people were worshiping that. And isn't it interesting that Elijah... When he made an open show of the 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, it was during the midst of a drought. Well, Baal was so powerful, why was there a drought? Mm. And then when they, you know, uh, Elijah put them to the test and said, call on your God and see if it can rain. And they did their dancing and cutting themselves all day long, 450 of them, and not one drop of rain fell. Mm. And then Elijah got before them. And in 63 words, if you read the, New, the King James Version, offered a prayer unto God, 
Next thing you know, small cloud, behind the cloud, abundance of rain, and the rain came pouring down. So much for the God of the rain and the harvest, this bell, person, thing, imagination, fiction, whatever you want to call it. But this bell, what about Asherah? Asherah was a female goddess, or a goddess, I guess a goddess is female, right? A goddess that was supposed to be Baal's mistress. And she was, you know, the worship of her was all about fertility and sexuality and, and, and war. And associated with worship of her was male prostitution. Why are we going to? Because people of God were worshiping this. And you say, well, what's that got to do with us today? Well, what does it have to do with us today? Mm -hmm. What kind of bells and asherahs do we have in our midst? And see, sometimes we're very dismissive here. You know, I don't have that going on. Listen, anything that is trying to crowd God out of your life and replace God is something that needs to be torn down, pulled down, and cut down. The same way Gideon had to do it with these altars. Amen? Especially if God is going to be able to use you in a time like this, glory to God, where change is in the atmosphere, where spirit of change has been released, where people are crying out. And we're talking about young and old. We're talking about rich and poor, black and white calling out for change right now. And God is a change agent and he's looking for ambassadors that he can send out there anointed by his power to make a difference. Not through their mouths. Not through a whole lot of talking. He's not looking for social media activists. People who just do stuff, post stuff, and don't do nothing else. No. He's looking for people who are going to put their hands to the work. Who are going to put their feet to the pathway who are going to be used by him to touch real lives and make meaningful difference, right? Because change, the change that we're all clamoring for, amen, you got to understand, the enemy of our soul doesn't want things to change. He wants this these systems that we have in place of oppression, of poverty, mm-hmm. of sickness, of hatred, of division, and all those things. He wants those to stay in place. But God is ushering in something new. Glory to God. He's ushering in something new. And and see, people of God have this sense in their spirit. There are others who are not following God who just know, man, things need to change. Things need to change. But they don't know that the author of that change is God in heaven. Mm. But God is behind this. And and, and so if if people of God are going to be used to do this, one, we got to pass the test to show our faith and commitment. And second, we can't be dismissive and go, well, I don't have those things in my life. I don't have any bales in my life. I don't have any asherahs in my life. Nobody around me has any bales in their life. Maybe not literally, but there are some things, and all of us have some things. Remember God told us a couple of weeks ago, it could have been last week, I don't know, where he said we had to take eye exams. Right? Mm-hmm. We have to examine ourselves and, and see whether or not we have any things that are going on in our lives that need to be pulled down. And see, sometimes you say, well, I don't have any idols. But see, idols could be attitudes. Idols could be ways of thinking. Idols could be pride. Right? 
Idols could be money. It could be jobs. It could be careers. It could be talents that we have that we somehow believe are things that we can rely upon. God doesn't want us to rely upon anyone or anything but him. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. God wants us all. Yeah, And so if, if we have these attitudes and thoughts and we have possessions and we have education and we got networks and we got accomplishments and we got all these things and we somehow believe that those things make us who we are. See, the scripture says it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. <laughs> and so we have to always understand that when we start to get like that, and it, and it can happen and you can just wake up and, and not even be aware that you're holding on to some of these things, then those things can become an idol, right? Some people become idols because of their position. Yeah. You can tell. Because if you don't call them by their position and if you don't call them by their position correctly or if you don't include their position in the program or if you don't put the full position in there, they're highly upset. Hmm. Unless you know. They, their identity which should be in God, is in their position. That position has become an idol. So it's those types of things. And God says, I need to pull that down, tear it down, cut it down. In fact, I need you to do it. That's your test. That's your test. And so we got to take eye exams to see whether or not we have some things going on in us that need to be pulled down, torn down, cut down. But we also should ask, the Holy Spirit, to reveal them unto us. Amen. Because, as David says, search me and know me. Glory to God. We should ask God, search me and know me. Instead of acting as if we don't have anything that needs to be pulled down or torn down, we should say to God, search me and know me. Reveal unto me that which I don't know right now about myself. Because if you want to be an agent of change, you know you have to come clean. Amen. You have to come to God and 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 come clean and allow him to cleanse you. Allow him to show you, okay, this is what I need changed in your life before you can then go forward and be an agent of change. There's nothing worse in this world than someone who's trying to make you change when they're the ones that need to change first. Right? Isn't that what Jesus said about trying to take the speck out of your brother's eye? When you got a log in your eye, he said, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye. Then you can see clearly to get the little bitty speck out your brother's eye. What's he saying? You change first before you try to change somebody else's situation. Mm -hmm. Amen. And so God is calling us to be change agents. But how many of you know the change starts with us? And so he said to Gideon, I need you to pull this stuff down. And it's stuff that's right in your midst, built by your father. And you know what? And here's the, here's the tough part. Glory to God. Not only may we, we, we may have to pull down altars that we've got, you know, our attitudes or thoughts or possessions or whatever. We may have to pull down some other folks' altars. Uh-oh. Amen. You may have to pull down the altar of somebody who's close to you. Get that out of their life. As your test, as Gideon did, amen. But there are some things in our life that God wants us to get rid of. Now watch this. So 
God told him, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old, and throw down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the grove that is by it. And then he said, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. Now, so he said, after you pull down the altar to these false gods, after you cut down and get rid of these false gods, then you can build an altar to me. In other words, don't try to build an altar to me <laughs> while this other stuff exists. And see, that's why we have to pull down, tear down, and, 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 and pull down those things that are in our life because and cut down. Because if we don't do that, then what we're going to have is an altar to Baal, and we're going to try to put an altar of God right next to it. God said, no, no, no. You got to get rid of that first. Get rid of the altar of Baal first, and then you can worship me at my altar. And look what he says. Build an altar on this rock in the ordered place. And depending on what version you read, that's saying that because the altar was built by rocks. An altar of God could not be made of hewn stone. You couldn't cut it. It was just whole stone. Mm -hmm. right? And what God was saying when he said in the ordered place, some versions will let you know that he's saying you carefully place the rocks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you don't just build something to God quick, fast, in a hurry. You know, I'm doing something. No, you carefully and purposely do things for God. We don't pray quick, fast, in a hurry. We don't read quick, fast, in a hurry. We don't worship quick, fast, in a hurry. I, listen, I'm all for churches. Amen. Look, I don't think church should be lasting six hours and 45 minutes. Amen. I don't. Amen. I don't. I'm not into that. But I do have a problem with church on the clock. Right? The church, they're like, oh, we get you in and out in 30 minutes. What is this? What, 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 are we, what, what are we cooking a meal here? So we, we can have church in 30 minutes. Sometimes somebody tell me, oh, you're taking too long. Taking too long for what? You can watch a movie for two hours and 15 minutes that adds nothing to your life. And yet, we sometimes put God on the clock. And see, God was saying here, oh, don't put me on the clock, Gideon. I want you to build this altar, but you carefully take care of my mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, you know, we got to carefully take care of God's stuff. Amen. And so, and so he had to get rid of these false gods. And only after getting rid of the false gods could he then build an altar to the true and living God. Amen. That's something that we have to understand. That if there's something, not if, glory to God. God is calling on all of us, especially those who are going to be used as change agents. You got to get rid of some stuff in your life. Amen. You got to get rid of some stuff in your life. And until you get rid of it, don't come out here trying to build an altar to me. Amen. Don't come crying to me to be used by me to do something. You, you, you sit back while I'll call someone else for such a time as this. That's what Mordecai told Esther. Mm -hmm. Listen, sister. All right. You up there in the palace and all that. But, but. There's a hit out on all your people, including you. 
And if this hit is carried out, understand you going down too. And if God, but don't, don't, don't be so caught up in yourself. Because he said, God can raise up another deliverer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Mm -hmm. But he said, but who knows? Maybe you will call for such a time as this. I believe right now that there are some people who have, like Gideon, have been in obscurity, who this is your time. This is the time that God wants you to come out of the shadows, come out up out of the wine press, come out of the darkness, and to be forefront in the light, amen, leading the charge for the change that God is bringing to the earth. I believe that in my heart, amen, that now is the time for that, amen. Um, so, but it ain't just going to happen because we want to be used that way. God says, no, pass my test. Get rid of the altars in your life. And then come and worship me and be used by me. So, and this is, un and understand too, God had told Gideon what he wanted to do, what he wanted Gideon to do. But if Gideon was going to do them, if the things that God had spoken had, had, was going to come to pass, Gideon was going to have to get rid of some things first. And just as it is with Gideon, it is with us. I believe something. I believe God has spoken things in people's hearts already about what he wants them to do in the earth, mm -hmm. of how he wants to use them. He's already said that. See, God calls the end from the beginning. So he told you already. It's like he told Joseph. He told Joseph the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Your brothers are going to bow down to you. That was the end. He didn't tell him about pit. He didn't tell him about slavery. He didn't tell him about, about the palace. He didn't tell him about that. He told him the end. And so there are some people, God has already told you what he wants to do in you and through you in the earth. He's already whispered that in your ears. And you say, well, okay, God, I'm ready. No, not so fast. There's a test. <laughs> Amen. And there's, and there's, a, there's a, a purging, a getting rid of certain things. That's why we got to come back and, 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 and ask ourselves, what is God calling me to get rid of? Because if that thing that God has spoken in your ear, if that thing that God has spoken in your heart is going to come to pass, some things got to get out of the way first. Amen. And so Gideon followed God. It said that Gideon pulled down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah pole, the grove that was by it. It says that he built the altar to the Lord upon the rock in the ordered place. And then God said, you now got to take the second bullock and offer the burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove, which you have cut down. <laughs> so it was like some of that stuff, the, the wood... Of, of the Asherah pole and everything else that was used for false worship, God said, that's the very thing you're going to use for fuel to do what I want you to do. And, and he had to use that wood as part of his sacrifice. So Gideon, again, having wisdom, it said he took 10 men and he did this, he did this by night because he knew there were some people in the town who would not be too happy at him pulling down these false gods. Mm -hmm. And so he did it by night. 
so that he wouldn't be interrupted, that he wouldn't be, someone wouldn't try to stop him. And so he did it at night. And so then what happened? Right? Verse 28. The men of the city arose early in the morning. <laughs> and this right here, when they woke up early in the morning, they had a rude awakening. Because what happened now was their gods, that's air quotes, that small g, right? Their gods were gone. No more Baal, no more Asherah pole, no more groves, no more nothing. They were gone. They had a rude awakening. They woke up in the morning early and the altar of Baal was cast down. The grove was cut down. And the second bullock was offered upon the altar. In other words, the remains of that bull probably still smoldering, still burning a little bit. That's what they found. It was a rude awakening for them. And so they started asking each other, who did this? Now, understand, these aren't pagan people. These are God's people. And when they found out that these false, these, these altars to the false gods were torn down, they were hot. They were mad. They were upset. Who did this? They said this to, they said, they said, they said to one and another. They went around. Who in the world would do something like this? And they finally found out and said it was Gideon that had did this thing. And when they found out that Gideon had done it, they said in verse 30 to Joash, his father, bring out your son that he may die. Why? Because he has cast down the altar of Baal and cut down the grove. They wanted to kill Gideon. You need to hear this. People of God wanted to kill Gideon because he pulled down altars to false gods. Mm -hmm. Let that get into your hearing. And here's the irony of it. If there's, I guess I could call it an irony. God's law said that if somebody engaged in idolatry, they were to be stoned. They were to be killed. In fact, in Deuteronomy 13, it says that if somebody in your family or someone close to you attempted to get you to follow another God, that not only were they to be stoned, but you were the one supposed to cast the first blow. And then everybody else can join in and God said then fear would go throughout the whole camp and no one would ever do this again. Isn't that something? So idolatry under God's law is punishable by stoning at this time. But God's people here are looking to stone Gideon because he pulled down the altars of false gods. This is how twisted they were. And see, this is what happens when you're not careful about getting rid of things in your life. You may not even understand how dark your heart is. Because here they are, 
worshiping day after day at this altar and not realizing that they're being transformed and that they're being changed to such the point that they're perverting God's word that says stone the idolater. Mm -hmm. And now they believe that it's right to stone the one who rid the land of idolatry. That's how twisted they were. Their hearts had gotten darkened. And see, that's why we have to stay in contact with the true and living God. We can't, we, 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 we got to stay connected to him. Jesus said what? I am the vine, you are the branches. We got to stay connected. Because if we don't stay connected, we can just subtly and day by day just get a little bit harder and a little bit darker and a little bit harder and a little bit darker. And then we wake up and realize where all this hardness and darkness came from. We got to stay connected to God. The Bible says that Jesus is the light of men. And see, the only way that our hearts can be filled with light, we got to stay connected to that light source. We get disconnected from the light, we become dark. And we become, you know, something that we were never intended to be. They should not have been talking about stoning somebody who got rid of idolatry. That's the penalty for idolaters. And so we need to see, see, as we tear down some altars in our lives, and if God's assignment to anyone is to tear down an altar in someone else's life who's close to you, be forewarned and be prepared. Some folk are not going to like it. Mm -hmm. Amen. I know there are stories all across the body of Christ of people who changed. They used to run, you used to, you know, you used to run with a certain crowd. You had your girlfriends, you had your, you had your boys, and you ran with them and everything else. And you always, you know, your ride and die partners and all that stuff. And then you changed. God got a hold of you and started to transform you. What yeah. happened to your friends? They started hating on you. Yeah. They didn't want nothing to do with you. No, she changed. Is if that's a bad thing when you change because God's hand is on your life. See, people who are close to you now, mm -mm, they don't want you to change all that much. I read something the other day. I think Brian Barden. Shout out to Brian Barden, amen. He he wrote something. He said he said he was talking about crabs in a barrel or something like that. And he said some crabs ain't even trying to get out of the barrel. They're just trying to keep you from getting out. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. There are some people who are not trying to change their situation. They just don't want you to change. And so they want to keep pulling you down every time you try to elevate and every time God's trying to lift you up out of the muck and mire and every time God's trying to promote you, they just want to pull you down. And so you got to understand as you make these changes, be prepared and be forewarned. As you pull down altars in your life, as you get rid of some things in your life that God is calling you to do, some folks who are close to you aren't going to be happy about it. Be forewarned and be prepared. Amen. Amen. But also know this. It, you see, what we see here, you're going to see, and we're going to see as we go through this right now, that, that the thing that God is calling us to do to please him is going to inflame the passions of men. In other words, God is calling us to do some things that are, are, are designed to please him, but they're going to displease people in our lives. And we have to make a determination up front of whose side you're going to be on. Amen. We ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. And so we're going to, let's prepare ourselves now 
for that eventuality, amen, because it is going to happen. As you start to make changes and get rid of some things in your life, there are going to be some people, and there could be many, who are not going to be pleased with you. And it could include, and especially uh, include, people who are close to you. Amen. These are people who knew Gideon. These are people who knew Gideon's father. These are people who were in the, in, you know, they, they were on the same block. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to take Gideon out. So here's the thing, amen. Just as the people of Gideon's day woke up one morning to a rude awakening, there's a rude awakening on the near horizon. I'm not talking far away. It's on the near horizon. Amen. If you look real good, you can start to see it taking shape. It's on the near horizon. This is not some way in the, in, in, in the future type thing. There is a rude awakening on the near horizon. As the people of God rise up and demonstrate that 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 faith and and that devotion to the Lord, as they start to pull down and tear down and cut down and get out of their lives certain things that God says, I want this stuff out. And you know, you know, they're gonna be pulling down things. We <laughs> Glory to God. We're seeing this in this country a little bit, right? Where people are starting to pull down monuments and statues, right? And see, I'm not talking about that. I I believe that's just simply something that's going on in the natural that is emblematic of something that's going on in the spiritual. That these things that have been there for a long time, people are changing all across this country and in other parts of the world, right? Here in the United States, pulling down Mm -hmm. Confederate uh, uh, statues and mementos. You got companies who are changing their pictures and their brand, right? Eskimo Pie say we we going to change that. We can't do that anymore. That's insensitive. You know, Uncle Ben's rice, Aunt Mama's syrup, and pancake mm-hmm. mix, and and all these things are starting to change. Why? Because people had enough. Yeah. And see, so things are changing. But if you think that is something. It compares, it doesn't even compare to what's going on in the heavenlies, amen, where God is orchestrating a change that is going to turn this world right side up. Because this world has been spinning and doing some crazy stuff for a long time. Hmm. There's been a lot of bells and Asherah poles all around us for a long time. And God is calling on his people who are fully committed in faith, and devotion to pull those things down, get rid of them, build an altar unto him. And now he says, now that thing I told you in your prayer closet of how I want to use you, now, now you can go forth and do it. Amen. Mm-hmm. But a rude awakening is coming. Amen. A rude awakening is coming from a whole bunch of folk who think they're doing the right thing right about now. And when it comes, you and I want to be on the right side of that awakening, amen. We want to be on the side where God is using us to demonstrate that to the world. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be on the other side, amen. We don't want to be on the other side. There's a rude awakening on the horizon, and let's be on the right side of it when it comes, amen. 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 Brother closing the book. I'm getting on the body here, but let's pray first. Amen. Glory to God. 
Father, we thank you. Yes, Father. And we praise you for your word, O oh God. We we heed the voice of the Spirit of God that tells us that a rude awakening is on yes. the near horizon, O oh God, where Father, you are going to stir things up. You're going to reveal some things as you use your people to pull down, tear down, cut down those things that are not pleasing in your sight. Yes, those things that have been in place for a long time, oh God, that have been corrupting the lives of your people and of others. And God, you have uh, called us, oh God, to take a test of faith and commitment unto yes, you Lord, if we're going to go forward to be used by you as agents of change at this hour. Father God, as the song says, if you can use anyone, Lord, you can use me. And so, Father God, just pray right now that your people will rise up all across yes, this earth. Father. And, Father, we will all sing the same refrain. If you can use anyone, Lord, you can use me. And, Father, we thank you, O oh God, for the privilege and the honor to be called by you to be agents of change in this earth yes. at this hour. Yes. Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray a prayer of protection, a prayer of, 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 of deliverance, O oh God. Yes. I pray a prayer of health and strength, O oh God, for all the agents of change that you are calling out in, in, in this time, O oh God. And Father, uh, we are looking forward, O oh God, with expectation to what you are going to do in yes, the Father. earth. Father, we know you're up to something. And Father God, we thank you yeah, for allowing us to be a part of it. And we give you all the praise for it now in the name of Jesus. Father God, yeah. before we go, just want to pray health and, and blessings and and, and uh, healing, oh God, over yes, those Father. who may be suffering in their bodies, oh God. Those who may be uh, on a sick bed right now, not feeling well. God, just pray, oh God, that your healing virtue will be released in yes, the name Father. of Jesus Christ. Let it course all throughout the bodies of those who are infirm right now. And Father God, strengthen them from the top of their heads to the sole of their feet. Rise them up out of that sickbed, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. Fill their hearts with the spirit that says, I will not die but live and declare yes, the Father, works of the Lord. And let them know, O oh God, that Father, that you are mindful of them even at this very hour. We thank you right now for healing. We thank you right now for strength. We thank you right now. For deliverance in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, we will see you next time. Amen. Continue to be healthy. Continue to be safe. Amen. Because there is still, as we said at the top, there's a lot going on out there with this virus. Continue to do the things that are necessary. Amen. So that you can, you and your family, your loved ones can stay safe. Amen. Amen. So until then, we'll see you next time. Praise the Lord. Continue to pray for us as well as we pray for you.